Hey guys, welcome to our podcast. Uh, I'm Tom Kondrachuk. And this is Nick Bokhansov. And today we're going to be talking on the topic of why are young people leaving the Russian Pentecostal churches? And we just want to go through and we're going to share, you know, what are biblical priorities in a church? You know, why you should leave a church if you feel like it's not uh, aligned to the biblical, if, if it's not glorifying God in certain ways, or if it's just a per- personal preference, which is also important. And then we're going to be talking about, you know, why we personally have left the uh, Pentecostal Russian church, why we have um, just recently uh, joined an American church that is reformed and uh it's it's not your traditional pentecostal church yeah and coming from a traditional pentecostal church that's all you know and it's literally your worldview of what christianity is supposed to look like what the priorities in christianity are and the church function all of that is part of your experience and that's all you've ever experienced is definitely a new eye-opening or really mind-blowing perspective to see someone else. Even if it's a Russian church that's not Pentecostal, to go there and you're like, whoa, this is completely different style of service. They pray a really short prayer. What is up with that? Why are they all quiet and only one person prays, right? Uh, all those things are part of tradition and part of biblical views that people hold and uh, those do literally structure the way your church service goes yeah and yeah so let's talk about you know the topic why are young people leaving the russian pentecostal churches uh well i think that's because everyone holds priorities of what is extremely important to them in a church yeah and what they perceive their needs are and what the needs of an individual are and what the church is doing in order to meet those needs, right? And if the church isn't meeting those particular requirements and priorities in your life, you'll start looking for something else. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, let's go over, you know, most importantly, what are biblical priorities in a church? Yeah, because we could have our own priorities, but the word biblical priorities are important because there cre- is created a standard by which we should judge if our priorities align with what God says our priorities should be in a church. Mm-hmm. Right, and we, we find our main text in Acts 2.42. This is right after the day of, well, it is on the day of Pentecost, in fact. And right afterward, there's a description of what occurs in the church in order for it to grow and how it grows and the things the church does from the very beginning, right? Verse 42 of chapter 2 in Acts. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings, and were distributing the proceeding, proceedings, sorry, that's proceeds, Proceeds. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with 
the people and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Yeah. So there's a few things, right, in verse 42, uh, chapter 2. Uh, right, they have apostles teaching. That's what they were, says that they're voted to the apostles teaching. And number two, they were in fellowship. And number three, they were breaking bread. And number four, they were, they were praying. Yeah, and then uh, we put the idea of evangelism as extremely important in the church, right? The Lord added daily to their numbers. Yeah. The church grew extremely fast, almost exponentially, as soon as the day of Pentecost was ended, right? 3,000 on the first day, and then so forth. It just exploded in a way where nothing like that has ever been experienced before, right? There is a quote that everybody says, right, in the Christian tradition, Christian church, 12 men literally turned the world upside down because of the gospel. And so primarily the church was focused on the apostles teaching, right? That would be the proclamation of the gospel. That would be the sermon that Paul, sorry, Peter preached primarily at the very foundation of the church. As soon as Pentecost happened, he explained to the people who were there what Christ had done, the fact that they themselves, with their own hands, crucified Christ, and now what God requires of them is to repent, believe, be baptized, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right? So the apostles' teachings were the fact that Christ had come and atoned for our sin, and now we have an ability to approach God and have peace with God. Yeah, so do we have the apostles' teaching today? Yeah, I mean, the entire scripture is based upon not only the apostles' teaching, but also the teaching of God. And as Peter and Paul and John, the apostles are preaching, they're preaching the Old Testament and applying what they themselves witnessed in their lives at the moment, right? Walking with Jesus. They're applying all these things to the Old Testament, explaining it in the light of the New Covenant. Yeah, and they were, the apostles, they, they actually... They had the office of apostle, right? Because they were commissioned by Jesus himself. Like in uh, Ephesians 4.11, it says, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the ministry for building up the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Mm -hmm. so, so the idea is we attain the unity of knowledge. That doesn't mean that we will all view the same exact thing right away because there are so many different denominations, so many different points of view on so many aspects of scripture. But the goal is to constantly pursue to attain that unity of knowledge, right? So we see truth and then we gather around the truth and we discuss and we argue and we're a pain in the neck to each other. But the whole point is to love each other while we're doing that, right? And love covers a multitude of students. Yeah, because after the apostles' teaching, right, we have fellowship, which, which is... Which is koinonia. Yeah, it's because the church is not... The biblical word for church is not just a an actual physical building. Yeah, it's an assembly of people who are ready to fellowship. And obviously, they didn't have churches, like, they don't have buildings back then. They would actually gather, gather together in houses, right? Yeah, so Douglas Wilson uh, said that... Nowadays, modern fellowship is explained or defined as people gathering at a church for cookies or donuts with coffee, right? But that's not the biblical idea of fellowship. Fellowship is the idea of a community 
gathering around truth. There are many public figures and podcasts and news commentators and just speakers that are constantly focusing on the idea that community is being corrupted and destroyed in the modern United States, meaning that people are scratching and clawing to be a part of a community, right? And a lot of people say, well, I'm part of an online community. Yeah, because technically that's a type of fellowship, right? right? But the question is, like I think you're getting at, right? Is is the fellowship around a certain... Truth, right? Yeah. Because without truth, you can't have fellowship. And that truth is Jesus Christ, right? The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Uh, that glory was full of grace and truth. Mm-hmm. And so we gather around Christ and we participate in talking to each other about what he has done in this world because of what it says in scripture, what he has done to transform our lives and make him more like him and what he's currently doing in order to change our hearts to look more like him and be the light and the salt in this world. Yeah, because there's so many different commands, right? Uh, the one another commands. Mm-hmm. And those could only be practiced in a fellowship kind of way. But in the context of of actual uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, you because, can't you can't really love someone over online. Yeah, this is why it's a pretty important topic right right now with the whole COVID thing and like should churches like you know actually uh, get together or not? Should they? And you know, there's a lot of churches that actually grew a lot because they actually stayed open while other churches stayed closed, and maybe because it's just people understanding. They just need that fellowship. They need the apostle teaching. They need to pray because it's an ordinance of God. And it's like, all right, COVID might be dangerous, but being a Christian is dangerous. And it's like, <laughs> all right, is COVID really that dangerous? And, you know, is it... Yeah, a lot of those questions were asked and everyone wasn't sure about the dangers of COVID or what happened. But the whole good thing that came out of this was the fact that we realized that we need each other and we need to gather and we need to talk to other Christians because we encourage each other in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> so this is in the context of, and we're still answering the question, right? Why are young people leaving churches? And, you know, obviously we're going over what is a, what are biblical priorities? Yeah. So in other words, like what does a church are, look how like? How are young people experiencing fellowship nowadays? Well, it depends what church you go to, right? Mm. Uh, and so the biblical priority of churches is to have fellowship or, or communion, right? Communication, talking, sharing of ideas around the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord and he is God who I worship and everything in my life revolves around him. So, Yeah, because the people that you surround yourself with, right, they're going to influence you. Yeah, and, and so if, if the people around you are speaking and constantly focused upon and constantly desiring to worship and adore God, the people around you will influence and impact your thought process about that and your desire to read the Bible and your desire to seek Him and pursue what God has in store for your life. And lastly, um, the two things that were mentioned are the breaking of bread and prayer. The breaking of bread could refer to the fact that they participated in the communion or the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. And it also implies the fact that at the time they just had 
food, right? They ate, they had dinner together. And in the New Testament context of the church, that was part of one thing. You would participate in the Lord's Supper as the ordinance of God, right? As Jesus says, when you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And that was only a small part of an actual dinner. So that was the context of the New Testament church of breaking bread. And prayer, right? Pursuing God in communication with him, letting him know your desires, your sin, repentance of those sins, being able to speak to God about what is on your heart, what you see that scripture challenges in your heart, and being able to say, God, allow me to make war against this sin and overcome it and crucify it. And that was the foundational principles that the church had. And those were the priorities that the New Testament church was established on in order to function as a true New Testament church, right? These things developed over time, but it was a short period of time where they kind of established those principles and lived on them. That was the context of every day or every week gathering of the saints. Yeah. So where should we go next? I think we should talk about if the reasons some people or us, for example, left the church would be biblical. Or were the reasons why we left the church have to do with bitterness? Were we too judgmental? Were we too critical? Were we just foolish? Right? All those things do pop in your head when you're leaving a community that you've been a part of for such a long time. Do we really have to answer those? I think if you want to be honest and you want to be someone who (laughs) desires to love the body of Christ and to say, hey, I left this particular fellowship that I I cared about and loved and grew up in, you have to be open and honest about it, right? Mm -hmm. Because part of koinonia is not to cover sin with a multitude of love and ignore the issues that you had with the church or the church had with you. It's to point those out and they say, those are not big enough issues for me to deal with and I will cover them in love and I'm not, I'm not going to worry about them or they're big enough to confront and therefore they have to be addressed, right? Yeah. So why, why do people want to leave the Russian church, the Russian Pentecostal church? What are some reasons? Um, they see that a lot of the traditions that they held to, for example, like, style of music or head coverings you know or language barrier for example like the a lot of times uh like for me i was born in america Mm -hmm. and i didn't really even understand the sermon half the time because uh i i went sure i i grew up my first language was russian and ukrainian but by the time i was like four year three or four years old you know my brother already was coming home from school talking to me in English. And by the time I went to school, I already knew English. And I just didn't practice English. That, I mean, I didn't practice the Russian and Ukrainian that much. Mm-hmm. And so when I started going to church, or when I was going to church, uh, I didn't really understand it too well. Yeah, so when you have a pastor go up on stage and read from the Sinidalni Perivod, and you're <laughs> listening to this, not even modern Russian, but... Uh, old school Russian version of yeah. scripture, 
you kind of get lost. That didn't didn't help too much. Yeah, yeah. And so we have all these things that you mentioned, right? Head coverings, styles of music, clothing, the way people speak, the way you're supposed to dress, etiquette. All these things are under the umbrella of tradition. And we define tradition as anything outside of the gospel, which would be culture, nationality, way of life, things that are outside biblical parameters, right? So, for example, there are multitudes of cultures in the way they worship God through music. Some people use drums, some people use guitars, some people do acapella singing. All those are different styles of music, and they're influenced by your nationality and by the culture you live in. And if scripture doesn't prohibit them, uh, we would consider them tradition. The interesting thing is, though, that a lot of people who constantly are in the same tradition, in the same culture, in the same nationality, without experiencing other cultures, the line gets really blurry between biblical gospel and tradition. And so wearing a skirt becomes a biblical issue. Or not allowing people to speak in English at a Russian church service becomes almost a biblical issue, right? Not exactly, but we experience this, right? When, when we would try to speak in English at youth services, they'd be like, ah, oh, you guys still need to do the Russian language. It's extremely important. It's fundamental to the way we do Christianity. And we um, do, and I would say almost construct how the service goes, right? The point by point and the program and all those yeah. things kind of fall into the fact that it's formed around the Russian language. Yeah, with like preaching, most Russian churches, uh, Slavic churches have right three, three sermons, mm-hmm. three different people saying uh, three different messages, and maybe some people are leaving because they would want to just focus on one sermon, mm-hmm. and. So these these issues, right, you would say they're important, right? I think they're extremely important because every single church has tradition. The church I attend right now, they have traditions. The church I left had traditions. Yeah. Every single church in the United States, in Russia, all over the world, they have traditions. Those traditions aren't bad, but they're not biblical issues. The problem is when churches make traditions biblical issues when they give traditions the same amount of authority as scripture does that's when we encounter difficulties because i read scripture and i say well this isn't found in scripture and the pastor would say well this is the way we should live godly and holy lives and my answer would be can you please explain to me from scripture where it says that this is part of a godly and holy life mm-hmm. right not to be blatant or critical or controversial, but you can't pierce your ears or have a nose ring or or anything in the Russian Slavic Pentecostal community because that is viewed upon as worldly, right? It's part of the world. It is something that does not come from holiness and godliness. And I have no desire to pierce my ears. My wife doesn't have her ears pierced. My kids are not going to have their ears pierced. That's not a big issue for me. Mm -hmm. But if I encountered someone who said this is extremely crucial and it is an issue of holiness, I would say, 
Well, that's not found in scripture, right? And so I can't go with you on that. That's part of your tradition. And maybe that's something that you really hold esteem and high in, in high regard, but you can't say that's a holiness issue, right? Because so, holiness has to do with who God is. So, but was that an issue of why you left? No, like I would still, I would still be in the Russian Pentecostal church if I, my wife had to wear a head covering, if she had to wear a skirt, if I had to speak in Russian, if I had to, sing, you know, sing old hymns, sing old hymns, even if it's a cappella, like yeah. all those things were not an issue for me. In fact, I enjoy and love those things because they come from a place where I grew up. I cherish those things. I get really nostalgic when I listen to Russian hymns because they are so meaningful and they are so theologically uh, glorifying to God because they mean so much because they came out of a time of persecution and difficulty. Yeah. So, so then the question is, you know, why did you and me, why did we leave the Russian church? It had to do with biblical issues and truth, right? It had to do with doctrine and what we believe God's word actually says. Specifically about the gospel, the atonement, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the importance and the way people teach and preach. Fundamentally, truth is the highest priority in my life. Yeah, because there's disagreements, right, uh, in the body of Christ. There's secondary issues and then main issues, right? Main issues would be like the Trinity, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I would, if I was looking for a church, number one thing I would make sure is, is this church believe in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, three three persons, one being. Yeah, and then you would say, well, do they believe in the gospel? Do they believe that only by faith am I saved and reconciled with God? Did Jesus actually take upon himself the full punishment and the wrath of God on my behalf and yeah. give me everlasting eternal life yeah. through that sacrifice, right? I don't care if they require uh, married women to wear head coverings, right? Or yeah. the fact that I have to speak a certain language. So for you would say if, if for your, uh, you would put those issues aside. Mm-hmm. Like you would look past them and, you know, you would still submit to those things if they were necessary, right? For, for the leadership, yeah, you, you would you put aren't... them aside, but then you would, you would put them aside because they're not, they're not a uh, priority issues. They're not, they're, there's things that are more important, right? You don't want to be quarrelsome, right? Everyone has a different opinion on a whole host of issues in every single church. Yeah. But the way we grow and love each other as a body is we cover those differences and uh, differences of opinion with love and the ability to listen and to hear out and then say we are allowed to have different opinions about tradition Mm -hmm. but scripture says we are not allowed to have differences of opinion about who god is and how we are saved yeah right well then my question is those uh do those secondary issues do they ever are they ever okay to look at those secondary secondary issues and sh- over those issues 
decide a different church. Is yeah, that okay? Do secondary or traditional issues merit the fact that you left a certain congregation? Right? Yeah. I think they do. If you go to a Russian church and you have... So they still it still matters. Yeah, if, if you go to... I, mean, I was speaking personally, but if you go to a Slavic or a Russian church or a Korean church and you speak zero of that language, where you don't speak a lick of Korean or Russian, you speak only English, how much benefit will you get from the actual truth that's being proclaimed if you don't understand it? Yeah, you won't be able to benefit from the apostles' teaching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. but the, Or even the fellowship, right? Yeah. It might be hindered and you won't be able to obtain, uh, you know, the full unity and the full uh, growth of your spiritual, you know, growth. Yeah, it... it needs to be said that when you do leave a church you're never leaving the church to leave the church you're leaving a church to go to another church right yeah you never just leave a congregation and start hopping around to start pursuing and possibly finding a church no you find a congregation and then you leave another one because it is extremely um, dangerous for your spiritual for my spiritual life to not be a part of a fellowship yeah so you would say those secondary issues are important but when you're looking for a church you should probably put the biblical issues more on top right yeah there there, there's a hierarchy of priorities in what you should be looking in yeah and um another one of those big issues that we wrote down in our notes is you know uh if you're looking for a church make sure that that church is living out what they preach or is, is there moral failings in that mm-hmm, church mm-hmm. or is sometimes uh we might overlook certain issues of like you know the leadership being quarrelsome or there's disagreement uh i'm not talking about a small disagreement where they you know They'll just discuss the issue and then they'll have a small yeah, friendly should, debate. Should it's, we order Pernero or KFC for the church potluck? Not a really big deal. But things like corruption or favoritism, even church splits, yeah, do harm people, make people bitter, and make people really resentful, right? I had a war against bitterness uh, when I decided to find another church because that's such a easy path to go down to right these group of people and this leadership caused me harm and therefore i will speak negatively about them and i will judge them in a way where i think they are deplorable people right and we're supposed to criticize the things that are evil or the things that are incorrect or the things that are sinful in people yeah but it is not our job to constantly be the moral police of of the world or or the church we are to love forgive and not hold bitterness against anyone right amen right christ loved us and we should love the church as christ loved us and we have issues difficulties and problems and so if you have a situation where you're quarrelsome constantly with the leadership of a church or with the fellowship of the church or you're really critical of every like are you critical of every single sermon you hear on sundays um that's probably an issue you should really look into your heart and decide is that me am i just being critical and quarrelsome or 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 is it actually because 
the, something the preacher is saying is not according to what the Bible actually says. Yeah. And then you could actually find a church, you know, that actually has a pre- preacher that's preaching the whole counsel of God, that's actually able to ex- expose the, the truth in the scripture. Yeah. Tom, do you want to take some time and just tell your story of how you ended up deciding to finally say, you know what, I want to pursue a church where I can hear what I see in Scripture and what were your priorities when you decided to leave the church you um, formerly called as a fellowship and as your home, as your faith community that you grew up with and truly cherished? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Tough question, huh? Yeah, it's definitely a tough question. It's definitely a vulnerable thing to to think about or talk about because I don't want to offend the Russian church at all. I think that they're awesome believers in Christ. I love the Slavic churches and I and it grieves me that I did have that I did feel like I had to leave. And it was more of an issue not of those secondary issues like you know, sure they they might have been slightly uh, important, but at the same time, you know, I was I was going to uh, a different church. So you know, the church I grew up in, I'll just start. Um, you know, was a Slavic, really traditional church, and eventually uh, there was a, a different new church that was also Slavic that I started going to that started putting a putting a lot more aside of those traditional things, right? Like we didn't have to wear head head coverings. Oh, I hope you didn't have to wear a head covering. That would that'd make you a married woman, sir. And I don't, I don't think you're a married woman. Yeah. Well, for females, obviously. And like, you know, you don't have to like dress up super nice. You know, we had drums and like more contemporary. It's just more contemporary, right? And the reason I felt like I needed to leave. Uh, that church was more for, I was looking, you know, for a church with, with teaching that I saw according, more according to scripture. Mm -hmm. Nothing, nothing like crazy out of like, you know, heretical, what they were teaching. It was just issues on, uh, for example, like speaking in tongues. Does every believer speak in tongues? And, uh, now through my study of, you know, first Corinthians 12 to 14, I think, I, I personally see that First Corinthians 12 says that do all speak in tongues, you know, do all prophesy. And the the answer to that is no. And it's like the body, um, how, the, how the body of Christ, you know, is distributed with different gifts and stuff like that, you know, with, with scripture and then also with the whole entire reformed thing, right? Right. But, so, yeah, you left because of theological differences. Yeah. And so I saw the the reason was more for biblical issues. It wasn't for it wasn't more for those secondary things, mm-hmm. even though those were slightly part of my decision. It was more because I wanted to find a church that was very very solid in in the biblical teaching that I could actually have um a very structured sermon where the pastor spent time in uh, a lot of lot of 
effort into structuring what he wants to preach. Yeah. Are there any other issues or was that kind of cover your story? Um, yeah, that pretty much covers everything because, you know, I only got saved when I was like about 20 or 21. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think I was even thinking about like, is the church I'm going to, is it, you know, I wasn't too even worried about my church too much because I was only mostly going to church because I had to, because my parents made, made me to. But when I was like, when I was born again, obviously I was like, did I need to go to church, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's in the Bible. How was the process of talking to your parents and saying, mom and dad, I'm planning to join a church that's not Russian and I'm planning to leave this one. Was that difficult? Um, not as difficult as some of my friends that have done the same. Mm-hmm. Obviously for some of my friends, it's it's a much bigger issue. It's almost like you must not. Mm-hmm. It, it, was, it almost seemed like it was a sin if you would leave mm-hmm. to a different church before you're married. Um, or so, if, even if you're... Even if you are married, stay to the same church as like so. But but with me, it was it was a lot easier. Of course, uh, uh, they still were unsure. You know, if what are the reasons I'm leaving and stuff. There was discussion if I'm leaving because of certain other things, but I just kept on saying, you know, it was because I wanted to find a church that preaches you know the preachers will that has a solid has solid solid teaching mm-hmm. so this question or this topic comes up often is it sinful according to scripture to leave the church that you're attending without your parents permission or blessing after you've become an adult if if you say mom dad i would like to join this church and in response they say uh, we will not bless you. We forbid it, and we don't like that. Are you sinful if you say, "Well, I'm going to nevertheless"? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, the question is: is is it a sin? Yeah. Is is it is it? Would you be? Are you in the wrong before God? For doing that because that's a question a lot of young people face yeah that is a hard question i think it would go back to you no know, what does the bible say mm-hmm. and is this is this something you know the bible talks about well the bible does say right obey your parents right it's, it's one of the first commandments of the promise You'll have a very long life. But at the same time, once you become an adult, you have to establish and determine what you want to do in order to glorify God, right? If the community you attend has more of a place for you to worship, has a, a opportunity for you to do something in ministry, does the community you're attending now not align with theological views that you hold dear and so you can't 
sit and listen to a sermon without grumbling or being critical. Mm-hmm. All those things brew up bitterness and contempt, and they create a very, very bad Christian, right? And so I would say that the simple answer is you should worship and honor God more than man. Listen to what God says in his truth more than man. That does not mean disrespect your parents. That does not mean speak words of harshness or speak in a way that your parents don't understand you. You are to obey your parents in things that are honorable to them, right? But once you become an adult, you have to make those decisions for yourself while respecting honoring your parents. And that can be really difficult, right? That can be a whole different topic that we can discuss um, sometime later on. Uh, your your experience resonates with me, but I do have some key distinctions in my reasons for leaving the Slavic Church. The primary issues that you mentioned uh, do resonate. For example, I wanted to hear a sermon that was preached in a way where I was learning something every Sunday. I was actually seeing the text and it was explained to me in a way where it meant something deeper than a story and an example that had no connection with the actual text. Yeah, a sermon that you actually you could you actually learn something about the verse. Right. Right. Knew that you didn't know before in a way that you could apply it to your life through yeah. that. It was actually difficult for me to go to a church where everyone doesn't dress up every Sunday really nice, right? Uh, that's that's a secondary issue thing where I liked um, you know, I liked hymns and I, I go to a church that does, does do a lot of hymns, but they do contemporary music and it took me a while to kind of get used to contemporary music. So I, I come from a place where I like the tradition of the Russian church, but I really had a difficulty with the way things were being preached. And I was at the time a member of the translation team. So what I would do most Sunday morning services would translate sermons, right? I would sit there and I would translate sermons into a headset from Russian to English most of the time. And I remember being really critical of a lot of sermons that were preached because I would read the text and say, well, the things that are being explained about the text don't match what the text says. And it would frustrate me, right? And I would discuss it with my cousins and I would discuss it with my friends and we would be critical and, and we'd um, be not very helpful to the community in that way, right? You can't just live inside of a church and constantly criticize what's being preached. You're going to create division. You're going to create a place where people are bickering or, or creating um, quarrels. And you don't want to be quarrelsome, right? And Did you ever bring these issues up? Yeah, and so I, I would temporarily or at times speak with elders um, and a very particular conclusion that I came up with was the last time I spoke with uh, the main pastor of the church in regards to the gift or the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It was a discussion about the idea that the Holy Spirit indwells you on a regeneration. When you receive Christ or you repent of your sin, right? The Holy Spirit regenerates and transforms your heart from a heart of stone to heart of flesh. And then 
the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, right? We we call this in John 3 as being born again. Jesus, you must be born again. That's what you believe. Yeah, that's the Reformed position. The Reformed position is that the Holy Spirit dwells and lives in a believer upon conversion. The Pentecostal church that I attended had a pastor who said that the Holy Spirit does not live inside a believer until the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the sign Evidence of tongues. Yeah, the sign evidence of tongues, meaning that you are a believer that somehow is not being indwelt with the Holy Spirit until you have the sign of tongues. Yeah. And uh, we had a discussion about that, and the conclusion of the discussion was, I was told that, well, you are wrong, and you might consider repenting of that viewpoint. Yeah. And that kind of ended the dialogue, right? And that point, I understood that, I would rather go to a church where I'm not quarrelsome, where I'm not causing division or difficulty to elders by things I say, or things I preach, or things I discuss in my small group. I would rather leave and be a blessing to someone else than be a burden or, or a person who causes division in the church. And that's kind of the story of why I primarily left the Russian church. Um, now, I don't know if that's the viewpoint of the entire church. I just know that the main pastor had that viewpoint and belief system and uh, to honor the church that i left and to honor the elders and that pastor to honor him i'm not going to be quarrelsome and disobedience to what they teach i would rather step away and say i would want to be honorable to them and find a new new place where i can call home uh, in a sense of fellowship and home community and uh, a church mm-hmm Yeah, so the other issues didn't... Yeah, I, I was I was fine. I think my wife was fine with, you know, wearing a head covering and wearing a skirt. And I was I was fine speaking in Russian, even though I, I saw that we should remove barriers in order for the gospel to be preached to you know, the community around us. I loved the songs. I loved the people. I did not have an issue with a majority of things except the theological differences and... That was the primary reasons why I decided to find a new church to worship in. Right. We would say that the secondary issues, the traditional issues, or like, for instance, speaking, like if a church, uh, secondary issues, you know, whether a church speaks in tongues, whether a church does head coverings, uh, I mean, to some people, speaking in tongues would be like, primary issue primary issue or something like that i mean but that's a secondary issue right and then there's the primary issues of biblical doctrine uh trinity what is the gospel how are we saved are we saved by faith and only or do we need some kind of works do we need to speak in tongues to be saved do we need to be baptized to be saved Mm -hmm. and those are like more important issues right and so, the end of the day, you would say that uh, those issues, the biblical issues, the essential issues are more important, but the secondary issues are also important. But they're not primary. Yeah. Yeah. What's more important, right? Because at the end of the day, does your preacher preach a sermon that is able to help you live the life that Christ wants you in order to grow as a Christian? The question is, does the Bible 
and the way that we understand the Bible and we understand who God is through the Bible, is that important? Yeah, it's the most critical point of our existence. Yeah, and that's why that's w- why I left my church was because I felt like that was the most important issue. Is like, how am I going to grow as a Christian? You know, I want to find a church that teaches who God is, what the Bible says actually in in context, in in you know verse by verse and understanding or by topic. That way, I could actually apply it because that's the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are fundamental differences among all churches, but according to what we've experienced, we have found that in order to be Christians who honor God, we must submit to what He says in His Word, like what He wrote through the apostles, and the biggest issue that me and you both came to conclusion of was that there must be people in the church who teach and preach the word of God in a way where it is exalted and we can see it clearly rather than someone who takes the word of God and trivializes it, right? What does trivialization mean or trivializing something? You make it common and you make it very, very accepted where you're not impacted by it. You're not you you're not someone who experiences the word of God as though it's something that hits and cuts to the heart and is able to transform your heart. Rather, it's something that you hear and it comes in one ear and goes out the other, right? Yeah, because some people might uh, they might leave the Russian church because they feel like that church is not really vibing. It's not like it doesn't feel like it's not your style yeah but then they might go to a church that it feels really good right after the service you know you feel so pumped from the music you feel so pumped from the pastor encouraging you telling you you know like how good you are and stuff Mm -hmm. or like stuff like that but then at the end of the day what's going to impact you more just feelings or the truth of the word of god yeah because the scripture and what jesus christ says in his word and what the holy spirit does in your life is to bring you more into who God is and to transform your life in a way where you see yourself in the mirror of scripture and you see how you've come from one place to another to another and day by day you are becoming more like Jesus Christ. That is the only metric you should measure your church experience by, right? Are you becoming more like Jesus Christ day by day? Is the community that you're a part of doing that is the fellowship that you're part of doing that is the word of god that's being preached providing you the tools to do that are you finding a place that you're able to serve you know are you are are you actually grown in in ways that you're able to serve Mm -hmm. because some churches uh you just come and you just you might yeah you might get a sermon and and but at the end of the day it's like you're part of the body of christ what how are you able to serve those people yeah part of fellowship right being able to communicate with one another and hear each other's burdens and pray for each other all that does tie into the idea that fundamentally if you're not taught how to do those things by the apostles teachings from the pulpit you won't do those things and so fundamentally the first and primary priority is what the church teaches from the pulpit yeah so i think that's it wrap up yeah 
So we hope you guys uh, enjoyed this podcast today. Uh, we talked about, you know, why are, why are Russians leaving the church, uh, specifically young people leaving the Pentecostal traditional Russian church. And we stated our issues, you know, it, for me it was mainly the apostles' teaching needed to be a main, bigger priority. Mm-hmm. And the other issues, they were important, but I feel like this uh, this was the, the, the issues that we had and the things that we did. And so we hope that you guys think about this and that you uh, think about what kind of church are you going to and uh, to examine it yourself. And we still have, we could still go over other topics, right? Yeah, definitely. But the idea is, if you're experiencing a real difficulty in your church, and you're considering possibly joining another congregation, mm-hmm. desire to have your priorities be um, founded and your foundation to be founded in Scripture. Right? Look into the Bible and see. What are the reasons I should be leaving the church? And what are the things I need to be looking in my new congregation? And are those things found in that new congregation, right? Yeah. Don't don't judge a church by its style of music or the things they dress by or so many building styles and so <laughs> many kinds of people that are unique and different, right? And cultures, but the primary and foundational principles are, do they preach what the Word of God says? Yeah, because the Bible says in the last days people would be lovers of themselves. Yeah. And that the heart is, you know, is... Deceitfully wicked. Above yeah. all things. So it's like when we look at a church, all right, are we we have to seriously look at ourselves, look at our heart and be like, mm-hmm. are we looking at a church because we want to know Christ more? We want to truly love and get to know Him more? Or are these other issues that we're looking in a church... Are they like even important or they just want to gratify our own flesh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right then. Have a good one. Bye. See you guys.